This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, so this morning I want to I stir you for, for more. Come on, let's say it. There's more. There's more. There's more of the Spirit. There's more that God wants to pour out into us, but you need to desire more. So I'm going to share a few crazy stories this morning to, to call us all to another level. I'm going to show you that there is so much more than what we can imagine. And so I'm standing on a word I received some years ago, as I shared a few weeks ago. Um, a, a Canadian prophet prophesied this over us, said, you guys will be ridiculously good at flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, say, that's us. Come on, say, that's me. Okay, so we need to move the unbelief out of our hearts, where we say, no, God, it's, it's for me, because it's not you, it's Christ through you. So anybody can do it. You must just desire it and position yourself in a place where you can receive the more. So why, why the gifts are one of the reasons I pursue the gifts of the Spirit is that when I go places, and in the morning, like this morning, I'm looking beyond you guys. I'm trying to see Jesus. I'm trying to see Jesus walking in our midst. I'm trying to see Jesus coming and healing somebody. I'm trying to see Jesus who comes and heals somebody's heart. I'm trying to see Jesus who comes and saves somebody or delivers somebody. But I want, I want to see Jesus. I don't know about you, but as a, as a, a born-again believer in Christ, Jesus is my everything. He's the love of my life. Is the motivation, the passion that burns in my heart. So I want to see Him. I want to glorify Him. And through the gifts of the Spirit, we see Him. We see Him continue His ministry that He started 2,000 years ago. So who wants to see Jesus? It's nothing like it. You know, but church can be really, really boring when Jesus isn't in the house. Sing a few songs, we listen to someone speak, and then we go on with our lives as usual. That is not the original plan. And so we're on this journey of together living out the fullness of Christ. We want to we, we see every one of you move in the fullness of, of, of the gifts of the Spirit. We want to see every one of you passionately in love with Jesus, following Him and fulfilling your call. So in the, in the life groups, we're doing this curriculum currently. I'm just getting awesome feedback. From the curriculum, it is, it is, it is, it is a, a, a powerful curriculum. So we sort of working with the, with the, the curriculum. But on Sundays, we want to unlock the gifts. You need to hear the voice of God. You need to hear God's voice for your life. You need to get a glimpse of who you truly are and what God has called you to. So some years ago, I, it was one of those moments where I was about to go jogging. And I was like, I, I just had this desire in my heart. I was like, Lord... Use me. Nothing big has happened in a few days, Lord. I so want you to use me. I so want you to work through me, God. I'm available. So off I went jogging. And it was like early evening dusk. And as I was running, I saw a vehicle standing next to the road. I could see someone's in there, but I couldn't see if it's male or female. And I, and, and, uh, and I, and I ran past. And as I was running past, I felt the Holy Spirit, 
I felt Jesus saying to me, go back and tell her I love her. I was like, so I stopped on the spot jogging. <sighs> okay. You know, so I, I went back and I came to the side of the car and I was just about to, to knock on the, on the window because it was a lady sitting at the, at the steering wheel side um, next to the road. And as I was about to knock, I saw that, you know, she was, she was crying. And, and so I was like, hello, turn down the window. I want to say something to you. And she was like, go away. And, and at some point, I, I just said to her, while I was, I was jogging by, and I felt God say to me, to say to you, He loves you. And then she like, this moment when she clicked what I said, and then she just really started to weep. She really started to bawl. And uh, anyway, so I left her there, and I went on. But it was such a moment for me, you know, like, God, I'm available. And then there's going through your normal daily activities, and then yet there's somebody sitting there in the car, probably crying out to God, maybe going through a divorce, maybe going through hell, I don't know, saying, God, are you real? Do you care? And then suddenly, someone else has made himself available, hears God's voice, and goes and says, hey, Jesus says he loves you. What a moment. So I'm sure that was a moment for her, but it was a moment for me. I encounter more of God's love through me. I think it's one of the most special, most precious things in life is to know that God has now worked through you to touch a life. So, so what if God would do that through all of us? Not just once every few years, but on a daily basis. What if you and I would be available every day? Say, Lord, who's on your heart? Who's on your heart, God? Who do you want me to speak to, God? Who's going through pain, Lord? Who's going through stuff? Lord, speak to me. I want to I be a vessel of your love, for your love to flow through me. Okay, so that's the mission. And uh, we're talking about igniting the prophetic. Last week we started. So two, these two weeks we're focusing on the prophetic. Next week I'm probably going to focus on the words of knowledge. And we're going to unlock as many gifts as possible. Now there's a scripture, Ephesians 5, and one, one of the keys, if you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, okay, now I'm assuming you are a believer, I'm assuming you've committed your life to Christ, because that's where you have to start, okay? You commit your life to Jesus, He comes and lives on the inside of you, and then Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ through you, begins to minister to others. And uh, let me pray for us, and I'm going to share the rest. Lord, we thank you that it's you. God, it's you that we want to see. Lord Jesus, it's your voice we want to hear this morning. Pray, God, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would speak to every one of us. Lord, we pray that you come and unlock the gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the keys, if you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, is that you need to believe that you already have something to give. 
Every one of us have something. Ephesians 4 speaks about this. It says, each one has received grace. 1 Corinthians 12, and to each one has been given a gift. So you need to believe. That's where you need to start. You say, God, I already have something. Yes, there's more, but I already have something to bless somebody with. It can be something natural. It can be something simple. But you have something to bless somebody with. Come on, say it. I have something. Come on, say it. I already have something. Yes. And what I want to share this morning with you is that you need to use what you've got. Even the little bit. The little bit you have, you need to use it if you want more. Use it or you will lose out. Sounds a little bit negative. I'll get to positive in a bit. But you need to use it, otherwise you're going to lose out. You're going to lose out on seeing Jesus. You're going to lose out on growth. You're going to lose out on blessing somebody else. So you need to use it. And so Ephesians 5 speaks about this. It says, so be careful how you live. This is not like being scared or afraid. It's not like that type of be careful. It's about being focused. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Come on, say every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity for the days in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. It's a word for somebody. Because, just kidding, because that will ruin your life. True, it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I recently prayed with a guy who did drugs and things in the past. Prayed with him and he just like, and the Holy Spirit came to fill him. And he was like, yo, that's a high. That's a high. Eh? <laughs> There's no high like the most high. Amen. <laughs> There's no peace that compares to the Prince of Peace. There's no joy like when you know him. And it says, like, don't be, don't be, don't be drunk with wine. Be, be filled with the Spirit. And that's part of the lifestyle of continuously on a daily basis. Spend time with God. Let Him fill you. Don't be thoughtless. In other words, don't just rush into your day and, and being cluttered. What about stopping at the start of the day? Become quiet. Silence your heart and mind. Set yourself upon God. And then say, Lord, who's on your heart today? Who's on your heart today? I'm available. Otherwise, you're going to live thoughtlessly. You're going to, be, you're going to live like a fool. You're going to waste your life. I believe every day of our lives, there is an opportunity to touch somebody's life. Amen. Come on, say it every day. Every day. Every day. I want to stir, I want to stir an urgency in you this morning that every day there is an opportunity. And you need to use it. Otherwise, you lose out. Use it or lose out. Use that window of opportunity. Use every day. Use those God moments to impact somebody's life. But then you and I need to be ready. We need to be in tune with the Lord. We're like, God, I'm available. And when you speak, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do it, Lord. Because you are good. God wants to impact lives with His love. Amen. 
So I, I want to, I want there's a, there's a level of moving in the gifts of the Spirit that will just, that just boggles the mind. Next week, I'll share a bit more about that in terms of the business context, business world context. But there are people moving in the gifts and God supernaturally guiding them in terms of their business. And so it's awesome what Rion shared um, now, because we had an elders meeting uh, a while ago and we went around and each of the elders were sharing <laughs> some major challenge. And Rion was like, this has been the worst business year in what, eight years? It was bad, <laughs> the numbers he gave. But he said, no, but I have faith in God. I'm trusting in God. He is our provision. And I want to say the same to you. It doesn't matter what your past year looks like. God is able to give you that breakthrough. He's able to move you out, whether it's sickness, finances, whatever it is. He is able. He is faithful. So there's, there's got one guy, Sean Boltz. He has some amazing stories. He's the real deal. He's a real prophet. So I want to share this one story he shared. So he says, I woke up on February the 1st, 2001, and I heard God say, an earthquake is coming in June to Peru, and it will destroy many buildings and houses. The enemy knows this and wants to capitalize on it by killing thousands. Tell the churches in Peru to get ready, buy insurance, and help their people to be earthquake-proof. How's that for an interesting word? He says, I knew one of the larger churches outside of Lima, so I called the pastor and told him this. Then he asked me what, what days, and I saw coverage from June 23rd to 28, 2001. And said, I don't know the exact date or day, but I know that God wants to spare people and help them in your town and others. I'd given this pastor and a few others some very specific words in the past, and their hearts were open to consider this one because of my track record. Okay, I'm going to come back to this. The track record is very important. You need to have a track record and just shoot wildly, feeling things. As they went to their church and friends' churches with the possibility of the earthquake, they all agreed it would be good to buy earthquake insurance for the churches, businesses, houses, etc., for, for, for anyone they could. Many people earthquake-proofed even their houses. One of the most amazing things they did is they hosted a citywide multi-church gathering of consecration and prayer, which ran for seven days up in the mountains during the dates I had given him. Over 1,000 people went either each day or stayed for the entire time. On June the 24th, he said 23 to 26, on June 24th, the earthquake hit and devastated the country. I, I googled it. 8.4 on the Richter scale. Massive. One of the biggest earthquakes in decades. But because these churches were praying beforehand, the death toll was minimal. Injuries were not in the tens of thousands, although over 1,700 were injured. They knew that God had protected their nation. They felt so valued and loved by God. Not only that, but many of these believers benefited in a great way. They were able to rebuild their houses and businesses, even turn the churches into beautiful earthquake-proof structures because of the insurance money. Thank you, Jesus, for insurance companies. But you need to know when to use it. Eh? My pastor friend asked me to come down in 2005 to see the rebuild. And when, it, when I did, it was beautiful, much nicer than the church I belong to in the States. Isn't that amazing? Like a poor country, maybe churches battling, the Lord warning them, saying there's something coming 
prepare and pray. I'm going to turn it to bless you. Oh, that's God, huh? But what has normally happened when there's an earthquake? Then a whole lot of prophets get up and say, see, God is judging you because of all your sins. I just think that's just lame. (laughs) Because it misrepresents God's goodness and His heart. He does not want to bring judgment. That's not number one. Number one is mercy and love and goodness and blessing. And these churches knew because God spoke beforehand, I love you, I want to protect you, I want to care for you. So what if we in our lives would begin to hear God's voice and we would know there's a recession coming, stock market's going to crash, whatever. You, you can know that you can strategically move before the time. Because God loves you and He wants to warn you and lead you and guide you. So we want to see that unlocked. So Chris Vallotton is also a real deal prophet. He says, true prophetic ministry looks for the gold in the midst of the dirt of people's lives. True prophetic ministry looks for the gold, not the dirt. Anybody can see dirt. Anybody can see what's wrong. Anybody can see, man, there's sin. (laughs) You're a mess. You need Jesus. But the real prophetic is to be able to see according to God's eyes, but this is the good plan God has for your life. This is what God wants to launch you into. This is what God wants to do in you. And then as that is released, it releases hope and life. I said this last week. The voice of the enemy breaks us down. But the voice of God gives us the breakthrough. Sometimes Christians become the voice of the enemy. Sometimes we become the voice of condemnation. We become the voice of of judgment. And that is not God's heart. It's been said that The measure of your influence depends on the measure of your hope. The greater your hope levels, the greater your influence will be. People are not interested in just everything's going to go to hell. They they want hope and they they will resonate with those who bring hope. So God wants to cause you and me to be hope givers. Amen. So Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you, this is Paul the Apostle, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. So Paul was saying, guys, I still want to come to you because I want to impart the grace of my life. I want to impart it into your life. You see, you can just catch it. When you get exposed to someone who moves in a, in a greater measure of grace in some area of their lives, you can just catch it. You can receive an impartation to hear the voice of God. Okay, so I want to quickly just share, I'm probably not going to get to all of them, but I'm going to hopefully get to four points. Four ways of igniting prophecy, or four ways of seeing more of Jesus in your life. Number one is availability. And they all start with an A, because it just seems more awesome. (laughs) Isaiah 6 verse 8, the context is the prophet gets caught up into heaven and he sees the throne room and he sees the angels saying, holy, holy, holy. And man, it's, it's, it, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm unclean. I'm going to die. I'm in the presence of God. And the angel comes and touches him with a coal and he's cleansed. But, he, but he, he experiences God in the throne room. And then he hears God speaking to himself, the Trinity, speaking about their heart. For people or for for the nation of Israel. And it says there, also I heard the voice 
of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then the prophet Isaiah said, Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Send me. You see, God is looking for our availability. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, the available. And so if you and I would say, God, I'm available. Lord, I so, wanna, I so want your love to manifest in the lives of people. God, I so want to, to impact lives for your goodness. Then you and I need to spend time with God, draw near to him, and then we're going to hear his heart. We're going to hear his voice. We're going to feel his love for the people around us. And then we're going to make a few shifts in our lives. You see, when you catch the passion of your heavenly Father, that burning passion to love people well, you're going to change your lifestyle. You're going to turn the TV off a little bit and spend time with Jesus and to get some time in the Word and, 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 and tune in so you may hear His voice. And then you would say, God, I am available today. I know you're going to work today, God. I know you're going to touch somebody's life. I, me, I'm available. So it starts there. If you want to see God work through, if you want to see Jesus revealed, it starts off by being available. Come on, let's say it. I'm available. That is when your relationship with Jesus moves into another dimension compared to just going through the motions. So start, start praying there. Every day, say, God, I'm available. God, I'm available. Lord, I'm available today for your goodness. God, I'm coming to church a Sunday morning and say, God, I'm available. Who can I pray for today at church? Who can I bless, Lord? God, today I'm going to work. God, I'm available. Who can I bless? So Mike Bickle, he said this. He says, we prophesy each time we make known his passionate heart. What's prophecy? We prophesy each time we make known his passionate heart. It's tuning into his voice and then he's releasing a word from God's heart to somebody. And you know, somebody's down and out, somebody's hopeless, somebody's battling, and you, you trust God for a word for them, and you give them, just, it could just be a scripture. It could just be a, a scripture of the Holy Spirit, but a promise of, hey, you're going to come through this. That is so powerful. At the strategic moment, you can change somebody's life radically. So another truth. The one truth is use it or you lose out. Another one is step out and you will step up. In other words, it takes risk to move in the gifts of the Spirit. I was wrestling this morning. Should I? Should I not? Should I not? Should I? Should I? Should I not? I don't feel very anointed right now, Lord. Um, but I oh, just, just do it. Because when you step out, you're going to step up. When you step out, then you're gonna, God's going to give you more. Because there's, well, here's somebody that's willing. There's somebody that's available. Here's somebody that's going to step out. So you need to be willing to step out even if you miss it. Step out and you will step up. You'll step closer to God's heart and you will receive more of His goodness in your life. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm going to step out. So I shared this story a few weeks ago as well, but with this lady in Gerof Renet, we went to minister there, and she was terrified. We did something like a prophetic activation, terrified. She wanted to run away. And then we said, no, and two other people ran out. 
or three people ran out. And, uh, and this lady says she stood there and we had the people rotating one minute to pray over each person. And then something beautiful happened. She heard the voice of God. She saw two incredible visions that rocked those people's lives. And her life is forever changed. Because she was terrified. She's been a Christian for many years. But she believed the lie that I cannot. My mission in life is to remove all the I cannots. <laughs> Come on, I said I can. In Jesus. Okay, but you must step out. You must step out. You must risk it. You must say, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to say, but I'm going to lay a hand on somebody, and I'm going to pray a blessing over them, and I'm like, Jesus, now speak, speak, speak. And how does it work? It's not an external booming voice in general. It's normally just a few thoughts coming through your head. The Holy Spirit just whispering something in your heart, and you say, hey, I see this, and then it begins. And then you just step out, and then you taste it. Say, hey, did that make sense to you? You need to step out. Some of us are missing out because we bought into the lie that I cannot. So I love it when people join us on a missions trip or they step out and suddenly the lights come on. They're like, oh, Jesus in me is powerful. It is so liberating. Step out and you will step up closer to God. If you love Jesus. And so often people say, well, I love Jesus. Well, if you love Jesus, step out. Because you're going to get more of him. God does not anoint couch potatoes. He anoints people that steps out. And that's why I love to step out because then I find more, I, I discover more of Jesus. So the first one is availability. The second one is activate by asking questions. How do you start moving in the prophetic or any of the gifts? You need to ask questions. You need to ask the Lord. You need to be inquisitive. You need to say, Lord, um, so what are you doing today? <laughs> You need to say, God, what, what, what do you have for this person? What are you seeing for this? What are you saying for this person? You need to be inquisitive. Uh, what about more than just you struggling with something at work and you're just like, oh, I'm going to struggle through this. Why not stop and you ask the Lord to show you? Amen? Stop and say, Lord, uh, the doctor's in the house. Guy is dying. Don't know what to do. Holy Spirit. You designed this body. What should I do? It's beautiful that um, Pastor Duval's wife, uh, she works at Sunlum in, in Cape Town. Quite a high-level job there. Now, Pastor Duval is the pastor at Chauffeur Marmesbury. And she has built this into her daily routine, her daily calendar. 30 minutes. She's got 30-minute um, slots, appointments. And the one 30-minute in the middle of the day, she's always dedicated to God. So then she prays. Reads the word, focuses on God. And then she's, in the, it's like she's an attorney, and so she needs to look through contracts and things. And so the one client, she had 15 minutes to work through the contract, like a thick, thick, like big companies, big contracts. She has 15 minutes. You normally take hours and hours and hours, and she had 15 minutes. So she prayed, said, Lord, <laughs> I don't have time. Holy Spirit, show me where I must go to. And the Holy Spirit gave her three exact, paragraphs to go to all three of them like 3.11 5.55 whatever she went to all three and all three of them there were mistakes that she picked up 
And the CEO of the other company that they were working with basically then gave feedback. No one's ever picked up these mistakes. And they give it like standard cookie cutter contract for all the companies. Isn't that cool? And then the Lord used her in Media 24 in Cape Town. Uh, the, the head of Media 24 uh, heard of what, what she's doing in the 30 minutes. So, so, so they're challenging all the staff at Media 24 which I, I think is a sizable company, all of them need to take 30 minutes in a day and they need to pray to their God. If they're Christian, pray to, pray to Jesus. But, but, but let's, let's see God. If you're atheist, watch YouTube videos and uh, be inspired. <laughs> but but why, not, why not take Jesus to work with you? He wants to. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to give you incredible ideas. But then you need to say, God, what are you doing today? In terms of people, God, what are you doing in this? Teachers, you've got a difficult child maybe in, or maybe you've got a difficult class. <laughs> Ask the Lord for guidance. Let him guide you. He has the answer. He has the solution. Now, Jesus was spirit-led. John 5, 19 says, Then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Whatever he does, the Son does. So he, we, we need to be in step with what God, God is always working. But we need to get onto his, onto his page, onto his, onto his wavelength, and then incredible things will happen. It says there also, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Better than Marvel Comics. That you may marvel. God wants to show you things that you can partner. Things that He is doing that you can partner with Him so the kingdom of God can come. Amen. Okay, so just to pull us a little bit higher. So I, I, I was reading uh, Sean Bold's book and he spoke about James Maloney. I never heard of the guy. So I checked him out a little bit in this week. And last night I was watching one of his videos and he shared, now James Maloney moves in an, an unbelievable level of the prophetic and healing. In other words, he would see open visions. I, I watched some of his things last night. Unbelievable. So he would literally stand with somebody. Now I know some of this is a little bit out of the box. But he, he says there's an angel that comes. And he actually feels the angel touching him on his side. And then he sees things about people. He literally sees the letters above their heads. So he would speak to somebody and say, uh, four years ago, you were driving a blue Toyota, and then you were in a car accident as the car went over the red light, and so your right hip has been crushed, and you need healing. And then like, how do you know it? No, I'm reading it. Four years ago, you were in a blue Toyota, and, uh, and as he would prophesy, people get, they literally hear the pop noises as, as, as the bodies get healed. Amazing things. And so he says he was in a, in a, in a Muslim nation uh, where it's illegal to be or to preach the gospel. And he said there's only about 500 Christians in the whole nation of millions of Muslims. And he had a small meeting with 100 or 200 Christians. And these Christians didn't even believe in the power of God today. Cessationists. So now they're fighting with him like this is rubbish. Now God doesn't do miracles anymore. And so at some point, a Muslim man gets up, and he walks to the front. And the Muslim man doesn't have an arm. So the guy's like, show me. <laughs> so he's like, Jesus. 
Now I need you. And he says, so he prayed, and he, say, he sees panoramic open visions, and he says he saw an outline of an arm appear, like just an outline. And then he sort of made with his finger, he just made that outline. Next moment, the arm appears. Crazy. I know, you're probably saying, no, it can't be. I don't know, creator of the universe, he can do anything. So anyway, so he takes this guy away from all the other unbelieving Christians, because they were even angry with him about that, because they said, no, it's the devil, it's the devil, it's not God. God would never do that. Really? Would the devil give somebody an arm back? So anyway, so he took this guy aside, and he taught him about salvation, and he taught him, he said, what I just did, you can do it also. That's all he learned. And this guy, he says, years later, he raised up 250 evangelists moving around that nation, and they're doing exactly the same thing, praying for people to be healed, signs and wonders, people coming to Christ. Amen. So I just want to stir your faith. Why not? Why not? If God can raise the dead, He can bring arms and things and do incredible things. Amen. Come on, let's say there's more. There's more. But you need to desire it, and then you need to step out so that you can step up. Step out so you can step up. So how are you going to step out this week? How are you going to step out this week? How are you going to step out maybe at the end of the service? Pray over somebody? <laughs> Why not step out? I mean, when we were in Franschhoek, this 16-year-old girl, her arm was in a sling, and she could not move her, her wrist, and, and she was miraculously healed without us uh, touching her. And then I said, now you pray for others. I didn't even know if she's a believer. And then she prayed for one lady, blind eye, eye opens up. And feet swollen, and the swelling disappears in front of her. I didn't even know she's saved. But she stepped out. And Pastor Richard from, he's actually coming in a few weeks' time. He shared with us at our pastor summit. And he was still asking this lady, Tani, sien jy nog? Say, ja, my sien, ek sien nog steeds. She's still seeing. Praise God. Her eye opened up, and she is still seeing. Our God is the one that heals Opens blind eyes, deaf ears, lame walk, cancers disappear. Man, and if arms grow back, praise Jesus. Let it be. Amen. Right, third one. So the first one is availability. Second one is ask. Activate it through inquisitive questions. You need to be continuously ask questions. God, what are you doing today? Lord, in terms of your business, you're working on God, how's a better way to do this? Lord, speak to me. Speak to us. Third one is accountability. 1 Corinthians 14, 32. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now, this is very, very important. Normally, we look at that verse in the context. When, you know, we, we use this verse a lot when we expect prophets to be orderly and honoring to the spiritual atmosphere in the room. But this verse goes much further than that. It speaks of self-managing. It speaks about being self-aware and being accountable to the crowd or community the prophet is prophesying to. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, you need to be accountable. You can't be like a loose cannon just shooting everybody and not taking ownership of what you're saying. Because then it causes damage. So you need to be accountable. You need to be wise in what God has given you. Bill Johnson says this, build History with God, and He will change history through you.
build history with God. Others have a track record. So I'm, in terms of physical healing, I have a track record now of hundreds upon hundreds of people being physically healed. Now, I follow up with people. when Often when they I pray for them, pain leaves, man, I'm going to follow up with you a week later, a month later. I follow up. I'm still checking, hey, are you still healed? <laughs> you know? So I'm being accountable. You know, some guys, when it comes to healing, you know, they just say, the Lord has healed you. And if you're not healed, then it's your faith that sucks. And just honestly, that's terrible. Because that brings condemnation and guilt upon people. Now, we never put it on the person. We take ownership. You prayed. You take ownership of the healing or the prophecy or whatever it might be. Okay, there might be obviously prophecies where somebody needs to do something to, to see it come to pass. But the, 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 the main thing is you and I need to be accountable. Now, Sean Boltz um, was challenged on this, specifically when you start prophesying specifics, dates, times, things, big things. You need to be accountable. You need to track the words. So he tracked his words and he said, like over a few years, he tracked it. He found out 60% of his big words came to pass exactly like he prophesied. 30% that people couldn't say yet, or they blessed by it, but they didn't know if it's maybe it's still not, not the time yet. And then 10% of it wasn't, wasn't applicable. Okay, so that's, that's a high success rate. You know, but you need to track if you want to grow. In other words, if, you have a, if, your, if your life is like a river, the grace upon your life is like a river. You need to build river banks so this river can go down the right path and not just go all over the show and it's diluted and it's like not, not, not impactful. So accountability is those, is a, those boundaries, those like you're building out the, this anointing in your life. Okay, so what does this look like? It is... Get feedback. So you pray over somebody, and you say, hey, I feel, very important, and say, thus saith the Lord. It's weird, and it's a bit pushy. Okay. So uh, you don't need to do it. You can say, hey, I feel, I feel this. If it's a word from God, you don't need to say, thus saith the Lord, you know, in a funny voice. Okay? Normal. Normal. We're already weird. We believe in miracles. So normal, okay? So then you just speak in a normal voice. And you say, hey, I, f- I feel this for you. I, I saw a picture in my mind's eye that I feel is of the Holy Spirit. I feel God is saying this to you. You know, and then as you pray over somebody, a good thing then to do is then you need to get feedback. So, did that speak to you? What didn't speak to you? Give me feedback. I want you to speak to me. I want to, I'm just learning. I'm just growing and hearing the voice of God. You know, it's not like your identity is intertwined in the gift of the prophecy. So you like, hey, I want to learn. And even if I miss it, man, I'm going to, I want to grow. So get feedback. Ask for feedback. Then the other component, and this will be very new for us, give feedback. Give feedback. In other words, the person won't know and won't grow if you don't give feedback. Let's say they pray and prophesy over you, and I see, man, I see, I see that you had a terrible relationship with your dad, and, and this and this and this and this. And they say, whoa, 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 no, I didn't have a terrible relationship with my dad. I had a great relationship with my dad. You know, so that, thanks for praying over me. Really, that's awesome, that's awesome. But that, that bit, I think you're missing it there, man. You just need to grow in that area. And so what if we would start giving feedback? 
The person prophesying doesn't have authority over you. In other words, sometimes we're terrified. Like, what if the guy says I need to go to China? You know? No, no one has the right to tell you to go to China. You know? It's like, um, I hear you, but that really doesn't resonate with me. Um, but thanks, man, for stepping out. Thanks for trying. Um, awesome. But if in, in a healthy prophetic culture, there's no manipulation or control. In a healthy prophetic environment, we're not attached to our gifting. In other words, we are anchored in Christ. And if I miss it, I own it. Amen? And I have it a few times I had to own it. In one case, um, I prayed over a, a guy in hospital, uh, one of frustrated, or I was just not, in, I was not tuned in as I should, and, and I felt like, no man, he's fine, he's not going to die. It's like, you're going to be fine. I feel the Lord saying you're going to be fine. And then he died. So what do you do there? And then you send message to the family and you say, I am so sorry. I missed it. You can't then go and try and figure it out. It's like, you own it. You missed it. And I believe God can trust people that are willing to own it more than those like, no, 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 I prophesy, always right, I always right. No. No one's always right. Only God's always right. Amen. So I want to encourage you, you need to own it when you miss it. Because it, it strains relationships and it removes trust. So you need to, uh, you need to, to own it and take it to the Lord and say, God, why did I miss it? I was upset. I was distracted. I was irritated. I was not in the spirit. Why did I miss it? And you take it to the Lord and you ask him to help. So apologize when you miss it. But you need to take the step. You need to step out if you want to step up. Last one, application. Step out and you'll step up. 1 Timothy 4.14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which is given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. In other words, do not neglect what you already have. You all, everybody has a gift. Every, every one of us has something. You can have more through the laying on of hands. You can receive more as you ask God for more, but then you can neglect the gift. Don't neglect it. How do you not neglect it? You need to step out. You need to pray for people. You've never prophesied. Maybe you've never heard God's voice. How do you learn? You so you also, hey, can I pray for you? You lay a hand on their shoulder or you hold their hands and say, Father, I thank you, Lord. I can pray blessing over this person. And Lord, what is on your heart for this person? And then you just wait a little bit and you see if you see something in your mind's eye or your scripture is whatever. But you, you, you wait for something. Even if you just one little thing, that's how you start. And then you continue. And then you continue. And then you continue. You need to pray for as many people as possible. Last verse, 2 Timothy 1.6. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. Desire it. Pursue it. Say, God, I'm available. God, what are you doing? I'm asking questions. Lord, I'm so open to be accountable. <laughs> I'm not going to be an idiot. I want to learn. I'm going to grow in this. And then, Lord... I want to apply this. So stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity. Don't be timid. It's not you. It's Jesus through you. But you need to step out. Step out and you will step up. He's not given a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of sound mind. And the last thing I want to share about this 
One guy said this. He said, if my prophecy is right, then bless you. If it is wrong, then bless me for trying. Either way, both or one of us are blessed. Amen. So if my prophecy is right, bless you. If it is wrong, then bless me for trying. Honestly, that's A plus grade. Well done. God is proud of you. You stepped out. Either way, both or one of us are blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Use it or you lose out. So who are you going to pray for this week? You're going to step out. In our life groups, we're going to practice it this week. We want to encourage you to, if you're not in a life group, to join in there. We're going to trust in God to, for, for the kingdom to come. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.